And we're back to Money Talks with Baxter Audibert. He's not just talking the talk, he's living it. And you can too. On the phone with me is my friend, former NBA great, Odin Polonese. For those of you who are just joining, I'm going to read this statement. First generation Americans are more likely to become millionaires than those that have lived in this country for multiple generations. The theory suggests that people who live here for multiple generations, they gain habits of spending too much money. They gain habits of spending too much money. They gain habits of spending too much money, which makes it hard to ever become rich, no matter how much money you have. Olden, when you read that statement, because I wanted to make sure that I sent it to you first, and when they mention individuals that come to America, first generation, because you're born actually in Haiti, am I right? Yeah, yeah. Okay, how many languages do you speak, Olden? I speak five. Five languages. Which five of those? Um, Spanish, French, English, Italian, and of course my native language from Haiti, the Creole. Wow. Okay. So when you read that statement, do you find truth in it? Give me your, I love your analytical perspective. You're a smart man. What do you think about that statement? I do. I do find truth in it. uh, foreigners that come to the United States, you know, tend to work harder. I mean, we see it in the Asian communities. We see it in the Mexican community. A lot of the different communities, we see it where they come in with nothing and they have restaurants, they have real estate. <laughs> so we definitely see it. And, you know, me being from Haiti, I was taught to work hard for everything I got. That's why I did so well in school, and eventually I made it to the NBA. I mean, I I started playing basketball in high school, and within five years, I was getting drafted into the NBA. Wow. So would you say that it's true that the foreigners are taught to work hard? Elaborate on that, because you've been here for tons of years. You've made millions of dollars. You've been around people that have made millions of dollars. But you also, I know, if you have a a side eye or if you turn a side eye to the truth what do you think is stopping the average american from obtaining wealth well a lot of it is the excuses that i see a lot of people make. and i'm saying it now even like with my own kids because they've lived such a, a a lifestyle of everything being given you know they all got iphones they all got you know cars it's just everything so and that's my fault uh, but at the same time, I still try to teach them to work hard for stuff, even though I, I don't want them to, you know, it's kind of like we're taught to teach our kids to, you know, to have a life better than ours. But I think as parents, we also have to teach them what we were taught and how we were raised as well, because we came out okay. So there's nothing wrong with that. There's nothing wrong with making your kids work hard and still be able to give them stuff as long as they've earned it. And I think that's what the you know the dichotomy comes in is because we fight that battle. You know, how much do we give our kids and how hard do we, you know, we put on them or we push them to make sure that they still have that sense of earning something. And that's what most foreigners learn. And I, and I call it foreigners, like the people that come in that still have the accent 
I'm not talking about somebody that's been here for 30, 40 years and is educated. I'm talking about people that come straight off the boat and they are like grinding. Those people, I have so much respect. You can say what you want about them. I respect them. I love them because they are doing it. Man, they don't want nothing from no one. They're going to do it themselves. And, you know, we joke around, me and my friends, have you ever seen a homeless Mexican? <laughs> There's no such thing. Wow, I never thought about out it. A way. They're going to figure out a way to get things done. Wow, Odin. I know they might be out there, out, out there somewhere, but it's going to be a minority. So with that being said, let's talk about this. You've been around wealth. You're a wealthy man. I mean, you've played, I think, what was it, 15 years in the NBA? Yes. And you were originally drafted by and traded for who? Scotty Pippen. By the Chicago Bulls, I was traded for Scotty Pippen. And I'm not sure if you were tuned in. We were talking about the farm bill with Mr. Eric Logan out of Portland who's known as the finder in cannabis. And he talks about hemp as an industry. So if we as Americans don't have the habit of working hard, do you see Americans taking, being able to take full advantage of this new industry that just came about, just started January 1, 2019? Regardless of what's going on, I think the scales are unbalanced. Even though they've made it legal, but there's still such a controlling interest by others that it makes it very difficult. You know, I know right now it's all the dispensaries, but it's hard to get one. You know, if, if you don't know somebody or if you don't have the big financial resources. So uh, just a regular guy is not gonna be able to go out and get a dispensary. So they still make it hard enough for uh, for people to really get into that that business and that line of work. And so yeah, I've always been under the assumption that you know, especially in America, you know, we are kind of brainwashed, and it's unfortunate. You know, we make money, we spend money. We make money, we spend money. We make money because of all like everything they've created for us. You know, all these holidays. Now they got us with you know Black Friday, Black Monday. They're always creating something that's gonna make us spend what we earn. And right. you know. I don't like all these. Like I'm, a, I'm rarely on social media. I'm on social media, but I'm not on it like other people. It's almost like these challenges. It, they're so stupid to me. Why don't you do a let's get rich challenge? <laughs> you know, let's help each other. Let's uplift each other. Challenge. Let's do something positive. Challenge. It's all this other crap. You know, I don't care about the ten year difference. You know how much I've aged. <laughs> who cares? <laughs> let's see who can save in the next five years, next year. You know, I don't see any of that. But we're also programmed to make money, spend money, make money, spend money. And, it, and it's tough, it's tough to gain. Yeah, you know, it's funny that you say that and I agree 100%. And most people don't know, and this is something to really self-check yourself about. Facebook is built, designed, and created around a narcissistic platform 
which says, look at me. Look at me when I was a baby. Look at me in old school. Look at me on Throwback Thursday. Look at my selfie. And that's not a bad thing. It's only bad when you don't understand what the intent or the original intent of a certain algorithm is being used for. Now, my perspective is this, is that I use Facebook and social media as a storage place. You know, like Odin, when you used to write down your goals and things like that, or you get a thought, I'll put something up there and I'll share it. If somebody else could get something from it, that's fine. But if not, I have it stored in a file that's not utilizing my storage space. You understand what I'm saying? So I understand. So they say, you know, ain't no fun when the rabbit get the gun. So we have to be smarter. And basically, that's what you're saying is that, okay, they want or they whoever they are, which is, I think, nothing but individuals panning for gold. The value today is data. Information. Information, trying to gather as much data as possible in hope of making decisions. What do you think about that, O? No, I, I, I totally agree with you. And that's what it's been. That's what I'm saying. Like with social media, I use it as like I'll get bored every now and then and I'll put posts up. But everything I post is based on something I'm trying to get across to people. You know, not, oh, I'm trying to gain something. I just want to get it out there. You know, if somebody wants to um, debate me on it, fine. But at the end of the day, you know, I keep a balance, you know. I'll turn my TV on. Okay, then turn that off. I'll go online and read a book. I'll do something. You just got to balance your life. You know, I find people, you know, they use social media to live the life they wish they could live. Why don't you just go out and live your life? You'll find that it's enjoyable just as much. Just like when people take pictures of food all the time. It's like when I'm in a restaurant, I will never take a picture of food that I'm eating. I want to enjoy my food. Now, if I'm cooking something and I want to share with somebody, that's totally different. But I hate to see people when they're out in a restaurant, out and about at a party or an event, they take a picture of, why don't you just sit down and enjoy the food? To name some of the top or most elite athletes that you have either played with or against in your career. Oh, man. Just, just, I, just I do, name them. Just camp, name just. I do camps and clinics for the Clippers, and that's my intro. You know, I'm always really happy when I make this statement. You know, my first game was against against Kareem Abdul-Jabbar, Magic Johnson, James Worthy, and my last game was against LeBron James. And so, and everybody in between got a piece. You know, Michael Jordan, Kobe, Shaq, Tim Duncan, Iverson, Barkley, you name it. So anybody between Kareem and LeBron, I played against. Always. <laughs> <laughs> That's big. You know, Odin, I put something on my Facebook the other day and I talked about my relationship with Nike in 1978. And in 1980, Nike went public. So why Nike? And you remember this. And while Nike gives you was giving us all of these products and shoes and everything like that, not one time did Phil Knight or any of the managers ever tell me, Thaxter, look, we're getting ready to go public and it's only 18 cents a share. And I say that with the utmost respect. And I shared that story for one particular reason is that if I would have bought one, if I would have spent one thousand dollars in 1980, and bought Nike shares, 
I would be worth $52 million today. What's your thoughts on that? And what's your experiences? Oh, I've experienced that too. I mean, with different shoe companies, not Nike, but you know, later on, I mean, Google, all these other Twitter, you know, we missed the boat on so many of these investors because we just don't know, you know, and it, it's tough. Along the lines of you, look at Spencer Haywood. Spencer Haywood was, you know, they, they gave him an offer. It was like $100,000 or, a, you know, stock in Nike. He chose the $100,000 because it was money in hand. And so to me, and and from the calculations that I've heard, his stock option would have, you know, be worth like five, six billion dollars today. Wow. You know? And I thought I had a story. Yeah. And so he missed the boat on that because we're not taught to look at it that way. It's like, take the money, take the money right now, the hundred thousand. But you would have had a part of a company. And I think that's what I'm sure you know. It's like it's a lot better when you have part of a company, even though it might not be doing well at the moment. But at some point in time, one of these things hit. And that's where we as a community and we as a people, we fall short. Wow. There's a big difference between like black athletes and entertainers and white athletes and entertainers and how they manage money. You know? My first check, I didn't know what to do with it. I can't call my dad and say, hey, dad, help me, you know, handle this, you know, $75,000 check. My father ain't never even made $75,000 in his life. <laughs> so I can't right. go to him. Right. And ladies and gentlemen, you're talking to somebody who have experienced it. And that's what's important here on Money Talks Radio Show is that we talk real talk and real conversation. We're not high-siding. We not popping our collar. When we talk millions and millions of dollars, it's to give examples like Odin gave. He comes in with a $75,000 check. Dad, what do I do with this? Dad will say, put it in the bank. So now Odin, before we go, here's something, and I like how you explained it, that we will take the money over an investment. Here's the conversation I get lately. Isn't the stock market crashing? Isn't it going down? Aren't we going to lose? Aren't we going to this and that? You know, and it's like no one has a crystal ball. But if we look back over two of our lifetimes, uh, uh, oh, because I know what age you are. Listen, the stock market has outperformed any other investment for the most part on a continuous basis. So when you talk about the stock market going down, for some individuals, it could be a bad thing. But for those who that truly understand it, now that Spencer Hayward understands it, he wants it to go down because he'll be ready to buy at the bottom. Because if you buy at the bottom and it eventually goes up, you're in that millionaire or billionaire class again. Am I right, O? You're absolutely right. But I, I'm, on, I'm from the Warren Buffett school. Warren Buffett is like a genius. You know, it's like, hey, stop. They're going to go up and down. You just got to be able to weather the storm. You know, at the end of the day, you just got to be able to figure out a way to weather the storm. Okay? And do your homework. That's it. Only two things you got to do. Do your homework and weather the storm. And we talk about financial literacy, and it's starting to sound like a nursery rhyme. We have all that, facts. We have it. We just choose to do something else. 
we, we sometimes we trick our own selves. Do you realize that some of the biggest drug dealers, you know, have been black? True. But yet, if they were to take that same mentality and put it into stocks, into a legitimate business, they would still be successful. You got to work hard. You got to practice. You got to practice. You got to work on your craft. Ladies and gentlemen, that's our time. Merci, merci, madame, monsieur. Merci, Baxter.